an official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov slash extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. It ain't easy now. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? Have I not learned my lesson? Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time. What time is it? It's time to pull yourself out of the gutter and nurse that hangover. And who better to do it right after a draft weekend but Tony Defio, Shannon White, and me, Brian Anthony Davis. We are your hangover crew at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Yes, you are going to be getting a lot, and I tell you, a lot of draft coverage this weekend. This week, actually, because this weekend we had a whole heck of a lot of draft coverage. We had shows after every pick, a break, a, either it was a breaking news podcast or it was a round table. Then we wrapped up the whole day. So we are rested and ready to go, but we were all a part of that. And we're going to talk about whether you love the draft or whether you had to sleep off the draft. That's what the hangover mm-hmm. is going to be about. And we'll help you feel better about it, or we'll just help you feel worse. What have you? Um, you're not going to know how to feel about this class. I understand that, but we're not supposed to. We're not supposed to. These are lumps of clay and you'll, you'll find out how they fit in the system. But first, Tony, what is going on? I am doing fine, Brian and Shannon. How are you guys on this fine Monday evening? I'm doing good. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm glad the draft is over. I'm glad we have guys to get excited about or to fret about no matter what. It just depends on what camp you want to be in, but yeah. Yeah. I think the live <laughs> chat is, uh, you know, every there's differing opinions and I get it. And right. I respect each and every opinion. So that's really good. But of course we're going to give you ours and Shannon, I'm going to start off with you. What is your opinion of this draft? I'm just really excited. They, you kind of knew they were going in that by all the signs, they were going to take a quarterback. And I was shocked that Pickett was there. I, I really was that they had the, the, the opportunity to choose between Pickett and Willis. And, you know, they went with the guy they knew. They went with somebody that they've had a relationship with for five years They've seen him progress, grow as a young man. You know, there's nobody to blame if he doesn't work out. You know, they made that choice because they knew him better than anybody in the draft. So I'm really confident about that. Then they they get a, a, the receiver. You know, I was wanting Sky Moore, but when you look at the – there was quite a few receivers like Moore. I don't think it's good, but very similar slot receivers in the draft. And – but George Pickens is 6'3". You know, if he hadn't hurt his knee before the start of the year, he would have probably been in the first round. 
So you're getting the first round value in the second round. And then they turn around and get Calvin Austin, who I've been watching since they picked him. The guy runs some great routes, incredible short area quickness. But, you know, he's got that home run speed. So they filled a lot of needs. So I'm feeling uh, a lot better about it. And, you know, I'll give it overall a B-plus grade. Uh, and it could be better than that. You know, Pickens, Pickett's the guy. If Pickett turns out to be as good as I think he can be, then the grade goes up. Tony, what are your thoughts on this draft? Were you – is this a hangover for you, or is this – Man, I'm feeling good, and I just can't wait to watch these guys in black and gold. Well, this is always my favorite part of the draft year because because after they're all the players are picked, I get to that's when I get to really find out who they are and learn about them. And of course, I was I knew all about Kenny Pickett, and, and I'm just really happy that they. I mean, the first time they needed a quarterback in nearly 20 years, and they have the entire pool of quarterbacks in front of them when they pick a 20. I mean, if uh, if Pickett turns out to be the real deal. Then, I mean, talk about a stroke of luck, right? You know, and that's what a lot of it is luck, but, but I, you know, I'm just happy that they, that they went after a quarterback because I think they, they, the more the draft uh, process went on, the more I was convinced that they probably needed to draft a quarterback. And uh, why not? I mean, you have the whole, the whole menu of quarterbacks sitting in front of you. You might as well go for it. And, and, and they, and they picked the best of the bunch, at least on paper, as far as uh, being NFL ready. So I like that, and, I, and and they they addressed the receiver room. They needed to really do that, and I think they did that with two fine prospects. Uh, and uh, Leal's one guy, I just don't I, I don't get a, a feel for yet because I mean all the talk about him is he's he's too small to play inside, but he's too slow to play outside. You know, so I don't know what to make of him yet. But he certainly has the uh, uh, the resume as far as uh, what he accomplished at A and M. So I, you can see a plan through the first four picks, and then of course. The bottom of the uh, the draft is, you know, you know, some special teams help, and uh, of course they have a, another young quarterback and, and and the guy from North Dakota State. So I I, I like what they did. You know, I I usually always do. I can't remember the last time I didn't. Maybe since I was a teenager, and I can't even imagine having all this all these resources as a teenager. Now I'd be in heaven. So uh, overall, I, I I love what they did. Well, if that was the case, you'd be Andrew Wilbar having all these know, resources I, I, I and know. being a teenager. I, I'm living vicariously through him because I I could tell that like he he's really enjoying himself. I can't even imagine how I, I would I would flunk every class in college if I had if I had all these resources when the draft was going on. I I don't know if he's really enjoying himself because we had wellness checks on not only Shannon for the Sky Moore pick <laughs> and for the whole not picking Willis for well, yeah. Andrew. You know, I right, mean no, so no. A lot of people got really invested. I love Dave Schofield's approach when he doesn't, he tries not to fall in love way too much with a player because they might end up being in purple. And I want to talk about purple real quick. And everybody's talking again about how the Ravens had a fantastic draft and, and it looked like they did. But one of the things that the Ravens do, it's really interesting. They pick guys that everybody seems to know. Right. It doesn't seem like highly scouted guys. It seems like the name brands in the draft and they pick. So right away, we're going to go ahead and give them a great grade. But some of those big names didn't transpire into greatness last season, but then there's still time. This is a well-run organization. I'm not going to say that. 
just we look at that and we look at picking some guys that you're not familiar with with the Steelers, and we've got a problem with it. But I will tell you this: none of you, very few of you, knew who in 2016 Javon Hargrave was. Hmm. I actually did at the time. And then the third round, everybody, my gosh, everybody wanted that Andrew Billings. Right. They should have taken him with a first round pick. He ended up going in the fourth round. He was everybody's draft crush early because he was the next Casey Hampton. And here Billings is on the board in the third in 2016. And I, uh, I started, I didn't tweet because I didn't have Twitter, but I started messaging to Jeff. Dave wasn't even here at the time. I was messaging with Jeff and some friends and said, hey, look out for this guy from South, South Carolina State. They're like, we have no clue who he is. There was another guy in recent years in a draft from South Carolina State. And now he is an absolute stud. Went in the second round for the Colts on defense. You know, now, we thought, I mean, nobody knew who he was. And there's some there's some people that I'm sure Indianapolis fans saw this guy getting picked. Like I, I don't I don't know who he is. I have no clue who this guy is. But then they turn around and they're not going to trade him for nothing. They're he's their guy, right? You know. So that's that's just that's just one of those things. They have scouting departments. We have, we just listen to other people. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Like I said, nobody knew who Darius Leonard was. But I knew who he was because I saw some Steelers draft Knicks say, hey, Steelers might even go for this guy, Darius Leonard. Would have loved if they would have gone for him. But we just don't know those things. Another thing about the Ravens draft that I want to bring up, and I know this is a Steelers show, but the reason I'm ta- I'm picking on the Ravens is they didn't get their guy. Their guy was Jordan Davis out of Georgia, who Philadelphia traded up and took right before them. So they lost their first guy off the draft board. Who they settled with was another good player, a guy that I think is going to be great, Kyle Hamilton. However, the thing with Kyle Hamilton is – that wasn't their number one pick, and they had to settle for the next guy off the board. Somebody traded in front of them. Mm-hmm. But whether it's Hamilton or whether it's Davis, when you're picking at 14, you're going to get a pretty good pick. Right. You're going to do much better. The Steelers got their guy at 20. What would have you guys thought if the Steelers would have traded up to 15 to get picket? Would have you went nuts? Shannon? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want him to trade up for a quarterback. I didn't want him to take a quarterback unless they felt like that could be the franchise guy. And they felt very comfortable with Pickett, and obviously they thought that he can be that. So they, I'm okay with that at 20, but I wouldn't have wanted to trade up, which now when you look at it, they didn't have to. So, But it definitely affects the value. Uh, you know, we was talking today, the Ravens draft actually – they had a ton of picks. I mean, it seemed like the whole fourth round was the Ravens. Every other pick was them. Uh, but their top four picks, Hamilton fell for different reasons. We'll see how, you know, 
I think he's a, strong, a free safety. We'll see where he ends up. Um, but I think Linderbaum is overrated, and I've already said that. And I think that we're going to see, even with his technique and all, he is going to struggle with length and power because of how short his arms are, some of the shortest arms in the NFL. And that usually doesn't translate well to the pro game. And then, you know, I like the Travis Jones pick a lot because, you know, I would have liked seeing him with the Steelers. So he was a really good one. And then they took a, a you know, the one guy out of Michigan, he probably ain't going to play this year. But he's a good value pick because, you know, if he heals and gets back, he's going to be really good. But I think that their draft is overrated a lot because of what you said. They always go with name guys. Guys that is, is on NFL Network constantly. Hmm. Everybody knows their names, so they make that's who they take. And everybody's like, oh, they had the greatest draft ever. If you look at this year, the Jets had an, a great draft, and the Chiefs had a great draft. And it wasn't just guys that were, you know, big names. It was actually guys who fit their system and were great values. So I think that the Ravens draft, in my opinion, is a little overrated this year. Well, I want to continue talking about the Ravens draft for a reason because it all comes back to the Steelers. If you go to the fourth round, they took a punter in the fourth round. Mm-hmm. And they took that, and the Browns took a kicker in the fourth round. And then those the other guys went off the board. So they had some intel that the guys they wanted to take were going to go to another team. And so they made those picks. If you think it's way too early, maybe more too, way too early for Cleveland. But when you have six fourth rounders, like the Ravens did, and they had six, mm-hmm. then, you know, you're able to do something like that. But the Ravens chose that guy instead of, no, the Steelers picked late in the fourth because they didn't have a fourth round pick. Their fourth round pick came courtesy of Bud Dupree. And that was at the end of that round because, you know, that was a a compensatory pick. If Bud Dupree Dupree plays more, that's a third round pick. But Mm -hmm. he was the first fourth round compensatory pick. So... That's how close he, he was to being a third rounder. That, that kind of changes the draft. But the guy that the Ravens really coveted and did not take in time was Calvin Austin third, And the Steelers got him. You add him with Pickens, you get pretty excited about some of the firepower you have at receiver. Mm-hmm. So, Tony, I'm going to ask you real quick. That receiver room now, how do you feel about it on Monday as opposed to how you felt about it on Friday afternoon. Oh, I felt much better about it. I mean, uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, you know, he's, he's, I think he's a really good young player. And obviously Chase Claypool, he's shown some things, you know, he needs to step up in year three. And now you add these two guys to the mix. I mean, that's, that's a lot of talent. And, and, and Pickens is, you know, he has the the ability to be a deep threat, but he also is a great uh, and, and, and very tenacious combat uh receiver from what i understand from what i've i've seen so you, you love that about him and i love the fact that he he came back so quick after a torn acl it could have been very easy for him to sit out last year but he came back and, and became part of that national championship team and then somebody like austin he's already being called a, a a an intriguing toy for matt canada's offense and you know one of those guys you can quote unquote if, if you get him out in space look out so i mean i think they they, they addressed the, the the receiver room as well as you possibly could uh, considering what they what they lost in free agency, so I'm very happy with, with, with what they've done. All right, I'm not 
intentionally picking on anybody, and I'm not going to bring up any names. But for those of you that don't love the Kenny Pickett pick, and you feel that because the next quarterback went in the third round, I'm going to flat out and tell you that you're probably wrong. We're not going to know the answer, but you really can't trade down in that situation because (laughs) the Steelers were looking at trading up for Kenny Pickett. They got him at 20, and they were happy at 20. But if they trade down, they risk not getting him. They risk a Darrell Revis situation where they were all set to take Darrell Revis in 2007 at 15. The Jets trade up from 16 to 14 with Carolina. They take Revis, and he's gone. Right, right. You know, and that's very possible. I don't think Pickett gets out of the first round. Shannon, do you? No, I like I said, I thought before the draft that Pickett would be the Saints' target. I thought they would target him because I thought he really fit their scheme. But when he got past them, I was like, mm, I don't know if I would would be concerned with it, you know, trading up. And uh, but I think he would have definitely went in the first, uh, towards the back end of the first at least. So if they hadn't have got him there, they would. I don't think they'd have got him in the second. A lot of people are assuming that. Because none of the other quarterbacks went. But if you listen to everybody talk, they were saying that the reason the other quarterbacks didn't go because they wasn't pro-ready and they all had issues of some sort. And everybody, the consensus was the picket was the most pro-ready guy. So, and then, of course, the Steelers know more about him than anybody. So, yeah, I don't think he would have got out of the first round. Tony, he's going to be 24. That's Pickett who I'm talking about. He's going to be 24 in June. And Shannon just used a phrase pro ready. And I think that is one of the big attractions of one Kenneth Shane Pickett here, Tony. And so my question to you is the fact that he's more pro ready, the fact that he had a lot of years at Pitt, does that age really matter here? And to answer the earlier question, do you think he gets out of the first round? And we can't say that, well, the other teams behind them weren't looking for a quarterback. That's not the case because there's so many trades in that draft. Honestly, I think that uh, because so many teams thought the Steelers were, were in love with Willis, and I did too. I thought they were going to take him. I think that that may have influenced uh, how this draft unfolded. I think if 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 other teams thought the Steelers were interested in Pickett, I mean, like solely above above and beyond any other quarterback, I think they would have been more aggressive in trying to draft Pickett in the first round because I think uh, he clearly was the best quarterback you know, on paper anyway and the most pro-ready. So I think had they thought the Steelers uh, were going to take Pickett, I think they, I think there would have been some – maybe you know, the Saints might have taken him. Who knows? I, I don't know. But I, he definitely wouldn't have made it out of the first round. As far as his age, I don't – I mean, these quarterbacks now, they, they it's not like running backs. I mean, they, they – they can play up until 40 years old. We're seeing that a lot in recent years. Obviously, Brady being the prime example, but even Drew Brees, Ben just retired at 39, or he was almost 40 when he retired. So, you know, these quarterbacks can play a lot longer. You know, if it was a maybe a different position, maybe you feel differently about that. But mm-hmm. but a quarterback, no. I mean, not not, not I don't I don't worry about that. And as far as him being pro ready, uh, I like that because you know I think the Steelers. You know they're going to need somebody that can that can help them battle these other quarterbacks, not just in the AFC North, but in the entire AFC. It's loaded with quarterbacks. So the quicker they can find their their guy, uh, the, the quicker they can start competing with these other teams in the conference to be you know to get to the Super Bowl. So 
they have they have a potentially an elite defense. You know, we saw that a couple of years ago. They just need to shore some things up. Uh, they they have their running back now. They they, they potentially have a, a extraordinary tight end. Their receiving core. There's a lot of potential there. They're getting a lot better on the line, at least on paper. Hopefully, they're better than they were last year after these signings. Uh, so, um, when, you, when a guy like that could step in, you know, and I expect him to step in before the end of the first the end of his rookie year. It's usually what happens in these cases, unless Mr. Trubisky lights it up. And if he does, okay, well then you have a great problem on your hands, but, but, uh, uh, you know, him being, you know, st- stepping in and, 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 and being pro ready. I think, I think that can accelerate the Steelers, um, chances of being, being a, con- a contender again. So, uh, I, I, I like that. And people are comparing him to guys like Derek Carr and whatever. I, I you know, I don't put any limits on these guys, but, you know, if he gets to Derek Carr level, then that's pretty. That's a pretty good follow up to Ben Roethlisberger. But hopefully, hopefully, he could take just a, a step, a step above that. And there's people that when we were talking about the Steelers could go after Derek Carr in free agency or via trade, they were sick about it. We don't want. Why would we want Derek Carr? So there's there's a lot of high standards when it comes to the Steelers in the draft, and I I respect that. Now, but I I want to. This up because my big theme here is the fact that we don't know what's on the other end. You don't know who's lurking around the corner. So I want you to jump in the BTSC DeLorean, go back to 2019, both of you. And we gave Dave Schofield so much junk and crap over his comment. It was a knee-jerk reaction. I thought this was a little too early for Deontay Johnson. But here's the thing, and we found this out right away. We found this out that Tampa, a couple picks later, Arians was all over this guy and wanted this guy. The Steelers felt a need for Deontay Johnson. Of course, he ended up with a 1,000-yard season, a Pro Bowl wide receiver. You might have some different opinions of Deontay Johnson, but the bottom line is he has had a successful pro, pro career, and the way wide receivers are going, I expect him to get a huge contract. Maybe not in Pittsburgh. A lot of people hope it's not in Pittsburgh. Hey, if the guy is that great this year and earns that contract, then yeah, pay him the money if you can. Right. We'll worry about that later. Like Tony just said, that's going to be a good problem to have. But knowing that Tampa was right around the corner with Deontay Johnson, the Steelers, people were saying, oh, you could have gotten this guy in the fourth round no you can't you can't because there's other teams scouting these guys right how can we say shannon that you can get a guy later because you don't know there's 31 other teams that need wide receivers that need quarterbacks that need guys there's no way of knowing about any of this we're all speculating about who would have been available, what round you could get them in. I mean, I felt that way about Loudermilk last year when they traded into the fifth round. I'm like, who are they trying to get in front of? Who, you know, who else is wanting him when they could have got him maybe in the sixth round? But you just don't know. I want to say one thing about Pickett. You know, you keep hearing that not only they could have waited, but talking about his limitations and everything he isn't. And, you know, again, we all see different things. If you look at the valuations, a lot of times they're totally different. The Steelers is the ones that matter what they think. But 
I'll say go back and look at uh, Herbert when he in his draft evaluations. Go back and look at Mahomes. Go back and look at Josh Allen. Now, nobody will argue that those are the three top young quarterbacks in the NFL. But there was questions about Herbert, about his competitiveness, his leadership, his personality. When you talked about Mahomes, they questioned his decision-making. Because, you know, he was, he's been better in the pros than he ever was at Texas Tech. And then if you look at Josh Allen, not only was there huge questions about the level of competition and about his accuracy, but he also, when he was 14 or something, put some tweet out there that resurfaced. And so a lot of teams wouldn't touch him. So what I'm saying is every quarterback you don't know until they go out and they prove it. And even those guys, now Mahomes has won a Super Bowl, but until you win a Super Bowl, to me, you have to be capable of winning a, a championship for me to call you a franchise quarterback. And a lot of guys will get to the big game, but they can't win it. You know, we remember uh, Jimmy Garoppolo got there. He helped the 49ers get there. I ain't saying he took them there, but he helped them get there. And late in that game, if we remember, Emmanuel Sanders got deep. They 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 were losing, I think, two points or whatever, and Sanders got deep, and Garoppolo had a chance to hit him for a touchdown that would have won. You know, say, remember Bradshaw to Stallworth at the end of the that Super Bowl? It was this very similar throw, and he missed it. That's the difference in the, the franchise guy and just the guy good enough to get you there. And we don't know which guys is going to turn out to be that. It might be, a you know, Derek Carr, I think, has had a decent career. And I would have been happy if they got could have got Derek Carr, but it would have cost too much. But, yeah, if Pickens can be that, and then have the team around him because you don't give up a ton. Like a lot of teams that give up the, the house to get the, some of these guys. They can't build through the draft like the Steelers still can. If they get there and he's good enough to get them that Super Bowl, like Ben got a couple, then you're a franchise guy. Mm-hmm. But everybody act like they know for sure that Pickett mm-hmm. is a bum or, or, or he's great. Either way, we don't know. Now – before I do anything else, uh, this has been up here a while. I need to thank Tyler W. $10, a super chat. For all of your draft coverage, you've earned this and more. Thank you. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. Shannon, I'm going to, Shannon saw my show, the last show on Saturday with Jeff, with Dave, and Everybody was mentioning it every night when they saw me on the screen. Um, I know I need a haircut, but that's not the thing. Shannon, I looked, what did you say I looked like? I don't remember. You, you looked rough. You, uh, you probably really did. I'm fine with that. You was exhausted. And you know what? That's the best exhaustion you're going to get because my job this weekend, when I told my family I can't do much of anything because I'm working, I was watching the NFL draft. <laughs> now, I don't get to watch it the same way because we're we're doing things differently. But we had that Zoom chat up, and it was great. We just had our own hangout room where we hung out between picks, and then we're like, and I felt like a quarterback. <laughs> I felt like Jeff was a coach. Dave was a coach. I felt like a quarterback. I'm like, all right, here we go. Shannon, you get on and get ready to do this show. Um, we're going to have Chris hosting. We're going to have Jeffrey hosting. We're going to have Maddie hosting. We're going to have this. 
you guys do this. Oh, wait, wait, we got to move you around. Tony can't do the Tony can't do the Saturday show. So we're going to move him to the late Friday show. And I felt like I was a quarterback calling signals. And that's what we did. And we did all those shows. I'm like, Dave, you know, your job. I don't even have to tell you, you get, you get to the uh, breaking news. And we had a great fun weekend, but man, it was awesome. And if that's what I have to say that, man, I worked and I was tired at the end of it, man, that's a great way to be tired when you're getting paid. No, it's not a lot, but when you're getting paid to follow the NFL draft, that feels pretty darn good. That's kind of a dream to me. Oh yeah. It was, there was great coverage. It was a blast, you know, getting to that. I think everybody kind of got to meet. I got to meet a lot of the, uh, our guys that I've never got to speak with or be on a show with before. And that was the most fun I've had, uh, you know, doing the draft because it was my first year doing the podcast and, you know, everybody put in a lot of time hours, writing articles, you know, late into the night or early in the morning. But, uh, you know, that's the choice that we make because we want to do that and we love the Steelers. So yeah, it was a blast and I was really thankful to get to do it. Yeah. The, the, the round table I was on, I was really impressed with Maddie and Andrew and Jeremy Betts. And like, I, I felt, I felt like the fourth wheel. I'm like, ah, <laughs> they would come, they, 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 they were so, they were so uh, dialed into the draft and, and, uh, and they knew all these players and I'm like, I'm like yeah, they're good. Uh, you know, they're, they're just, like, I think, uh, you got maybe a couple of future stars on your hands there. So they, they did an excellent job. So I was really impressed by the three of them on Friday night. All right. I am going to uh, disagree with a, uh, a longtime great contributor to the live chat, Wes Hickok. If Pickett bust, it just confirms it was a lazy draft by Colbert <laughs> because he's gone now. Here's the thing. Colbert's not exactly gone. Colbert's probably going to have some kind of executive capacity with the Steelers. And I don't think Mike Tomlin's going to allow the lazy draft. And so I I don't really th- think it was a lazy draft. I think it was his signature on it. In fact, I kind of think that Colbert wanted to go out as the GM with a bang. So I, I'll disagree with you, but I'm going to respect that comment. I have no problem with the, the comment, but, you know, I think, uh, I think with a lot of these guys... I, I think it kind of kind of works, and we're going to we're going to change our opinions of some of these players. I hated the Ryan Shazier pick. I talk about that all the time. Hated it. <laughs> Didn't take me long to say, man, was I wrong on that one? You know why? Because I wanted something else. I wanted the greatest cornerback in the history of football, Darquez Denard. <laughs> this guy is going to be. An all-pro, a Hall of Famer, he's going to be great. Be careful what you ask for. Right. You just might get it. The Steelers could have got Darquez Denard. Why did they pass on Darquez Denard? I, I love I love the Jarvis Jones pick. I, I was certain he was going to step right in and be the next uh, James Harrison. Well, I was wrong about that one. <laughs> because they, they do their due diligence. Man, you know why the Ravens pick Alabama guys all the time because Ozzie Newsome had a pipeline. You know why they're picking mission guys like crazy? Because the Harbaugh's have that Wang connection. They <laughs> they're together. I mean, you don't think that John Harbaugh called up his brother Jim and said, all right, what's the deal with David Ojabo? 
I don't care if you love the kid. I don't care if he's like your son. I just want to flat out. Is he going to heal? Is he going to be fine? What's his work ethic? You tell me, should I take him or should I pass on him? Jim Harbaugh's going to tell him the truth because the kid's still going to get drafted. But Jim Harbaugh is going to tell his brother, yeah, trust me, take this guy. That's what the conversation had to have been. And so we have these conversations. Colbert knows a lot of G, uh, a lot of uh, coaches and athletic directors. Tomlin does too. My gosh, I'm sure Tomlin has a pipeline in the Maryland. I'm sure that he talks with the coaches of Maryland because his son's on the team, and he probably has a good relationship with them. And right. it's not because his son is uh, the young. Tomlin is is telling him what to do. It's for the fact that he has familiarity with that team, right. with that college. You know, so there's they do their due diligence. One of the reasons why the Pittsburgh Steelers are four-time Super Bowl champions because Bill Nunn Sr. knew historic black colleges, and he scouted mm-hmm. them. And he was doing it. It wasn't the Post-Gazette. Tony, do you remember the – was it the Pittsburgh Courier? Yeah, the Pittsburgh Courier. Yeah. Okay, so he was doing it for that, that newspaper, and he knew who these guys were. Right. And they respected him enough to go. Chuck Knoll, Art Rooney Jr. was a main scout at the time. And those guys knew to listen to this guy. There and was it, talk at one point that Stallworth should get picked higher. Right. And Bill Nunn saying, you might be making a mistake. And you know what? Right. They doubled up on receivers that year. Yeah, that was, a, that was, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, that, that was, as far as Starworth, I mean, you know, they could have very easily uh, panicked and, and, and picked him higher because that's obviously he was, he deserved to be picked much higher than he, than he was, but they, they, they had to, they, they, they waited it and they got, uh, they got some other players and, 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 you know, Jack Lambert, another hall of famer. And, and, you know, they were able to get their man, but, but that was mainly because they, they trusted Bill Nunn. He saw him in person. He, he believed that his, 40 time that that was the the official 40 time wasn't it the 40 time that bill nunn recorded because you know i guess when star Wars did it it was at a, a a bad field or a muddy field or something like that and then nunn did that himself and uh he, he timed himself and, and and came away with a better time so yeah these guys do their diligence their due diligence you know they know obviously i hate to sound like a cliche but they know more than we do and as far as this being a lazy draft and i i love wes He's a big fan of mine. He, I have a big ego, so I love that, that he, he's a big fan of mine. But uh, come on. I mean, this is a big deal to draft a quarterback. I mean, that's, you don't take that lightly. So I don't think Colbert approached this uh, lightly. He, he, he knew, like, the fallout from this, if, it does, if they don't get it right, it's going to be, you know, it, 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 they're going to have to do it again in a few years. So it's not, it's not lazy to pick a quarterback. It's, that's the biggest decision you can make as, as an organization. And how they approach this in, in the draft process showed how – how important they knew this was when they basically interviewed anybody who could throw a football this, this, this spring. So yeah, this wasn't a lazy draft by Colbert. Yeah. I respect a lot of things that Wes says, and I respect this George Pickens new number one wide receiver just saying Deontay will not get paid by Pittsburgh. I love the Pickens pick guys. And the reason I love the Pickens pick is this guy is out there. This guy has personality. 
he is uh he's a little bit off the wall <laughs> i and just by the stuff we're seeing but i mean he's wearing like a baked potato hoodie like a baked potato <laughs> foil hoodie and he's out there and he's you tell he's gonna be a lot of fun we also saw on our slack channel we saw somebody put out a tweet i think checked it out it was a tweet with a highlight film of him just being plain nasty and uh not afraid yeah. to fight hey All right juju wasn't afraid to absolutely crack vontez perfect right you know, we love that about heinz ward yeah now, there's a lot of people worried when they the package you know he better of course he better rate it in and we were saying that about kendrick green last year but i gotta love that feistiness man i've got i've got to love that fight you think jack lambert we love the fact that he was a Hall of Famer. But if Jack Lambert was on another team, we would have hated him. We would have hated Heinz Ward. We would have hated Debo. Yeah, we would have hated James Harrison. We would have hated uh, Greg Lloyd. We would have hated all those guys for good if, if, reason. Right. But they're right. black and gold, and we're going to love George Pickens for being as solid as he is. And if he's healthy, man, it's going to be beautiful. And I, uh, And that's the thing. You don't think that they're sending everybody down there to Georgia, to Athens, Georgia, and saying, is this guy going to be okay? Is he going to be healthy? Level with me. Because you're not going to screw with the GM of the Steelers. You're not going to screw with Mike Tomlin. No. Because you know, when they come to town, especially Tomlin, when Tomlin comes to your pro day, the schools, Shannon, what do they do? They rule out the red carpet, don't they, Shannon? Mm -hmm. You know, when initially I was looking at Pickens and I said in my grading the pick article that, you know, he was kind of a one-trick pony at the moment. He's going to be able to, you know, he's great on contested catches. He's got an extra gear uh, late. You know, he can track that ball really well. And then in them last two or three steps, he's got that ability to pull away from the cornerback. And that's what I was saying. Well, when I when you look back to his last healthy year where he played, he's got excellent feet, and he can he's a better route runner than I realized. So I think he is a much more complete receiver than I initially thought when I graded him. And and I've always said I don't want a guy that you have to motivate. <laughs> I don't want a guy that you have to say be aggressive. That's not the problem with Pickens at all. He is going to be aggressive. <laughs> He's going to be banging heads, uh, and and that's what you want in a receiver, uh, or any football player for that matter. But he plays receiver kind of like a linebacker, and you know how much I love linebackers. So he has really grown on me, and I give him a B-plus grade, but if I would have seen his footwork when he was healthy, he ran a four four seven at the combine. He's not all the way back yet from that knee injury. So he's faster than four four seven. They They say he's a regular 4-4 four, four guy. And but when you see him, his quickness, it wasn't the same when he came back those four games. But if you see him the year before, I mean he's got great footwork. He he's he start stop, he gets out of his breaks, he doesn't slow down. So yeah, if, if I would have seen more uh about him than I did and watched more when he was healthy that junior year, uh yeah, I would have given him an A grade. So, yeah, I'm very excited about him, and I love that attitude. 
So I want to go ahead and bring up Felicia. You know, I great fan of Felicia. And you know what? I'm disagreeing with some people. And I have no problem disagreeing with you. And you, if you want to disagree with me, by all means, do it. Because that's the glory of the show, having an opinion and not being afraid to say it. And Wes mentioned, <laughs> or Wes even mentioned earlier, Wes said, you know, bad. I, I didn't bring up bring it up, but bad. It's not that I completely disagree with you. If they would have traded up, I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my mind if they traded up to get Kenny Pickett. And I have called Kenny Pickett fool's gold on this show and other shows. Not in the last couple months, but I was worried about the Pickett thing because of one year, but I'm coming around based on what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, and how much scouting they put in this. Nobody has had more Kenny Pickett time than Mike Tom. So uh, nobody. You, you know who's had had more? His coach. The coach at Pitt. Yeah. He's had more time. You know, Matt Cannon also recruited this guy. But Felicia says, I'm going to wear my big girl panties and, and say I'm still not that on board with Pickett. Good for you, Felicia. Yes, say that. And I respect that. I may like him in time to come, but it ain't now. Sorry. I don't switch gears that quick. Good. Good for you, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Just because he's a Pittsburgh Steeler, you don't have to see love him now. You're allowed to criticize the Steelers. You're allowed to criticize all of them. This is a lot of comedies. I'm not going to agree with it, but you can go ahead and say that because that's your opinion, and that's what makes this show, this network, in this country, beautiful. Joseph says, trust the process. That's something I've been preaching. Trust the process is fine, and, and we've had a good process. But you don't have to agree with the process right now. You could be skeptical. You could be completely skeptical. I had friends. We went to see Independence Day on July 2nd, 1996. And they mocked me. When I said, you know what, Will Smith in about another 10, 15 years is going to be one of the greatest actors around, and he's going to win some others. Now, Will Smith has done some other things that right now can get any number one, but that's beside the point. Will they laughed? Actor, you're you don't know anything about movies, Brian, and that's what I heard, and they mocked me for the next thirty minutes. We were having some drinks out on a deck, and they mocked me for that forever. But it was my opinion. Guess what? I ended up being right. I've also, like Tony, I said Jarvis Jones could be a Hall of Fame pick. <laughs> this guy is awesome. This is a, this is great. I wasn't on, B, on BTSC at the time, but I would have sung the praises of Jarvis Jones. Boy, <laughs> we, we, we were wrong. <laughs> and that's what happens because these guys are clay right now. You've got to figure out who they're going to be. You've got to, you've got to be in the right system, and you've got to be able to. Uh, they've got to be able to continue the process, Shannon. Yeah, if, I don't know if everybody's seen when they picked Hayward, Connor Hayward. You knew they were picking him. It was it was a given. Now when was it sixth round or seventh round? But it was going to happen. But. You know, I've heard a lot of criticism. Uh, 
about the stores taking him that, you know, they're trying to appease Cameron and, and all this stuff. But if you will watch his highlights, it's, it's funny. You see, you say, well, he don't look that fast. And, you know, he's too short to be a full-time tight end. And there's all these different criticisms. And I've talked about his value as a team player. And, and he has that Hayward mentality that, you know, they're hard-headed, uh, junkyard dog-type players. But if you get a chance to watch uh, the Michigan State running back, Walker, and I can't remember where he went, but if you watch any of his highlight packages on his big runs and successful runs, you'll see Hayward throwing a block. I mean, like he's he. there's one he's blocking Hutchison from Michigan one-on-one, and he springs Walker for a touchdown. The kid is hard-nosed, and he can block. And whether he's a fullback – a short yardage running back, a tight end three. He's the kind of guy that you have it on your depth chart towards the back of your bench, you know, on special teams. He has value. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what more can you ask from a six-round draft pick? Now, I mean, I keep hearing people complain about him, but who was there in that sixth round that, you know, that you just guarantee has more value than Hayward because Hayward is so versatile. He can do so many things. Right. And he has a Pittsburgh Steeler mentality. So that's one that's really kind of been aggravating to me because, again, we're talking in absolutes a lot. Like, oh, he's a, it's nepotism and he's just, he's like, he wasn't worth it. You don't know that. <laughs> they when you see don't... what he's accomplished, you know, he, he looks like he is worth that. Look what Mike Tomlin said. It's not. It's not. A, it was not a Cam's business why we drafted him. So I mean, yeah. they, were, they weren't factoring that in, and they made sure that they did not contact Cam. Cam had to find it out mm-hmm. from his brother. And I like that. They they don't care about Cam Hayward's opinion mm-hmm. on drafting his brother. He works for the Steelers. You know, right. Cam. They're not doing this just to make Cam happy. They. You know, you could say the same thing about Derek Watt. You know, they didn't bring Derek Watt to keep in to keep TJ Watt. They brought Derek Watt in because they thought he would have value. Randy Feetner didn't know what to do with him. I guarantee you, and for those saying right now that you know they don't use a fullback anyways, why draft the guy? Don't you think if they're gonna draft this guy, they're gonna think of what to do with him? And guess what they did? You know who came out to do the press conference? And Dave Schofield and Jeff Hartman were saying, hey, wait to see who they bring out. And they brought out tight end coach Alfredo Roberts. That tells you what they're going to do with the guy. He's an H-back. Frank Whitecheck. Remember Frank Whitecheck for the Tennessee Titans? What if he's a guy like that? Yeah. You don't know if he's going to be around in the seventh round because other, other people can go ahead and take him. I saw it just goes in the fifth just, round with other teams. Yeah, and just because he was drafted, they haven't guaranteed him a spot. Right. He's gonna have to come in and show what he's capable of, which I think he will, but he they just handed him that spot. And you can't say what the Stewart's done with Ben because this is gonna be a totally different offense. And so, you know, there's no way to say, well, that he was a wasted pick, uh, because one, he's not guaranteed a spot, and two, it's a totally different offense, and none of us know the answer yet. All right, so another thing to go ahead and look at here. 
is the fact that Dave Schofield says this all the time, and I love that he brings this up. A seventh-round pick to Dave Schofield is just an undrafted free agent that you want to make sure that you get. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's what the seventh-round pick is. So they bring in Chris Oladukon. You know why they brought in Chris Oladukon? For a couple of reasons. In this, They brought him in, one, because what if he impresses? They really liked him. They went to their pro, his pro day. They checked him out. If he impresses, that makes Mason Rudolph expendable to try to trade. Doesn't mean they're going to do that. Doesn't mean they're definitely going to get a sixth or a fifth or a seventh. Maybe there's no takers, but that gives you another guy. If he ends up being okay and he ends up on the practice squad, guess what they don't have to do before they play a team with a running quarterback? Bring up a fast kid, sign a fast kid for a week to be on the practice squad. Right. So you have a, a kid with wheels, a guy that could move around and pass that he could, he could simulate. Your Lamar Jacksons. He could simulate those guys if he stays around. That's why they wanted to guarantee that they got him. And for everybody that was upset and thinking, oh, yeah, Isaiah Payomal was going to go. He's definitely going to sign with the Steelers. No, he's. I, I told everybody. The only re way he's coming to the Steelers is if the Steelers draft him. You know why? Because Trip Payomal doesn't love him doesn't love the Steelers right now. He's not completely divorced from the Steelers. It's getting a little bit better, but he's not in love with the Steelers. Right. So, you know, that's the thing to talk about too. Um, Shane Giggles, 10 plus years of no playoff wins. No, don't trust the process. Last three were blowout losses. No, don't trust the process. 500 season is still an F. All right. That's your opinion. What do you want, Shane? The question that I ask you is how many teams have won Super Bowls in the last 10 years? You know, you trust the process because you're continually, you're continually competing. Right. And you are yeah. in the playoffs. You're not getting the desired effect. I bet you if you were the Cleveland Browns or the Detroit Lions or teams like that, you'd be trusting this process. You would want this process. Right. So I'm going to continue saying trust the process. You don't have to agree. And I'm cool with that. But as here, um, Sean Manahan says 10 plus years. Steelers went to the AFC Championship in 2016. You know, there, there were things that happened. There were things that happened kept them out of other AFC Championship games. They lost in Denver with a skeleton squad because everybody was hurt. So, you know, that's what you look at. We're going to wrap things up here. So I'm going to ask Shannon and Tony, what was your favorite part of draft weekend when it comes to the Steelers? Shannon, I'll start with you. I was, I was happy for Pickett because of his emotion and, and how badly he wanted to be in Pittsburgh. I always say that there's value, hidden value for guys who want to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. 
it it shows up when you're negotiating that second contract. Not only are they, you know, influential in the community, but when it comes to negotiations, it matters. They care about the legacy. It's not just, it's big business, but it means something a little more. So I was really excited about his selection. But I got most excited about Calvin Austin III because I've been saying that they needed an influx of speed, of game-changing speed, splash-playability, and I think they got it in a guy in a position of need at slot receiver. So I guess that I, that was probably my favorite moment that, that I was most excited about was, was that selection. Tony. Oh, it was, it was, um, if, if Pickett uh, becomes a star, I'm never going to forget where I was when he was drafted. I was at industry in Lawrenceville with a bunch of my friends watching the draft after bowling. And, you know, you heard, claps and you heard some people going they don't need a quarterback so i'm always gonna remember where i was i mean it's, it's a historical thing you know uh to see a a quarterback drafted that's a big deal and as a writer now and a podcaster I, i'm a lot of a lot of my what, what i like is about the story i like i like the story I, I like to write about these kind of things and and uh i remember where i was when ben roethlisberger was was uh drafted i, I remember where i was when i heard that they picked him i was listening to the radio at work i didn't hear it live but I was doing manager stuff, but when I got back, I missed it. I missed it live. When I got back to the uh, radio, I was like, "Oh wow, they picked a quarterback!" And now I'm always going to rem- remember where I was when they picked Kenny Pickett. So uh, that was my favorite part, just to see everybody reacting in different ways to that pick. And and it, it's such a big deal when you when 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 a team drafts a quarterback because it means so much, uh, uh, good or bad. It means a lot if if it works. And I mean, you're you're setting yourself up. If it doesn't work, then that's a story too. Uh, not a not a great story, but that's a story. Absolutely. So I definitely appreciate it. Hey, we're not always going to agree on this. We have different levels of fandom, but I love the fact that anybody has the passion to disagree. Man, don't stop disagreeing if that's how you feel about it. Just like I'm not going to stop being that Homer that that is uh, trying to paint the fence in a pretty color and tell you how awesome it is because that's who we are. And I love it. I don't care whether you're for it. I don't care whether you're against it. All I care about is that you're here talking Steelers. You feel it in your heart to uh, have an opinion. And I love anybody that has an opinion. Like I said, disagree with me all you want. And uh, I'm not going to be a jerk about it, but I, I might argue it. But I'm going to respect the fact that you have no problem saying it. So with that being said, we are going to get on out of here. Check out BTSC for all of your Pittsburgh Steeler needs. This is going to be some awesome fallout. Hopefully these guys are superstars. Hopefully Kenny Wood has a mullet for their new logo. (laughs) You know, hopefully this guy, there's seven gold jackets coming out of this draft class. It's not going to happen. I know it. But that that's what the goal is. Hope springs eternal with a new draft. And the guys you don't expect sometimes sneak up on you. And you're like, wow, I didn't catch that one. And then the guys that you expect to be great sometimes aren't. So that's it. Yep. Shane Giggles, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I have no problem drinking the Kool-Aid. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what we got to do. Do you want us to sit here and just talk about how everything sucks? We can, but I don't <laughs> think everything sucks. I'm feeling pretty good about this. So check out BTSC. Check out Shannon White. I'm going to join him on the curtain call. Jeffrey Benedict's going to have the week off. So we are going to have Joey Christopoulos on the show talking about the Steelers draft from an outside perspective. Check out Tony on Friday night with the six pack and check out me with the various shows that I'm on as well. Check out all these other guys. So with that being said, thank you. And just when you think you've got all the answers, Tony Defio, we keep changing the questions. Shannon White, give it to me. Keep your feet on the ground. Keep reaching for those hypocycloids. Doesn't matter whether you have a good opinion or a bad opinion. Have that opinion. I love you, BTSC Nation. When I know that it can never really be the same. How could I move forward when I keep looking backward? I'm just standing still. How can I fight this obsession? An official message from Medicare. A new law is helping me save more money on prescription drug costs. Maybe you can save too. With Medicare's Extra Help program, my premium is zero and my out-of-pocket costs are low. Who should apply? Single people making less than $23,000 a year or married couples who make less than $31,000 a year. Even if you don't think you qualify, it pays to find out. Go to ssa.gov extra help. Paid for by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services.